All right, so we are looking at the the anointing, how you can receive the anointing. Zechariah 4, verse 6. Okay, so we need the anointing of God for the work of ministry. Now, the ministry work is not done by anything else but by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what makes it different from all other jobs. With other jobs, you just need to go to school, you need the skill, and you'll be fine. But with the work of God, it is different. You can have all the education. You can have some jobs require you know, physical appearance, good appearance. You, you know, if you are beautiful, you can become a model. You don't need to pray. Just your beauty is enough. And um, that is fine. But when it comes to ministry work, it's, it's very, very different. You need the anointing of God. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need God's presence. Yeah. And this is very important because it is God's will for us all to build mega churches. It is God's will for all, all of us to build mega churches. That is God's desire. So why not? build a mega church if you are going to work in the church or if you are going to do ministry then of course you must as well build a big church so it is very important and all of you must come to that understanding without the anointing you cannot you cannot um, you cannot do anything much. So that's why the Bible says that not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. But by my spirit. So, we need to know some things about the anointing. 
how to you must you must understand some things about the anointing hmm? you must desire to build to be someone that god is going to use to build a church in your lifetime and it is good to start when you are young it's very good i wish i had started when i was around 15 or so and if i had the right coaching by the time i finished school at least i would have started very very early by now i'll be way 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 ahead so now you are young don't sit down and waste your youth so god has given you the opportunity now hmm, to be part of this great ministry you must desire to build a church to be used to build a branch and to be used to build a mega church of a of a branch of salvation clinic time is very important but you can't do it without the anointing not by might not by power but by my spirit says the lord and it is god who introduces the anointing on earth yeah it is god who introduces the anointing on earth so when you see someone who is anointed you see what the anointing you 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 can tell by what the anointing has produced in your life so you say you want to do ministry work you need anointing and if you claim to have the anointing we will see it only through your your work so what you produce demonstrates the anointing also on your life so you must be aiming to produce a church to build a church do the work of ministry in your lifetime don't do the mistakes that some of our parents did So, what do you think makes somebody successful? It's not because the person is handsome or beautiful. No, 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 no. It's not because of your background. It's not your background. So, whether you went to school, you didn't go to school, whether you, you, you know, your father is dead, your mother is dead, your brother is dead, your sister is dead, whether you were thrown into a gutter, as a baby, whether you were raped, whatever happened to you, 
it doesn't matter. It's not your background that will make you successful in the hands of God. What matters is the anointing. What matters is is the anointing. And that is what will make you accomplish something substantial for God. Yeah. If you have education, it's good. If you have a good background, it's good. If you have strategies and other things, it's good. So John 19, verse 11. Unless it's given to you from above, you can't do it. When you see someone, it's because it has been given to them from above. Yeah, there is an invisible attire, an invisible dress or cloak. That is the anointing, the presence. It's an anointing that makes a person do what they're able to do. When you see people being healed, demons being cast out, the word of God being preached, and people are giving their lives, it is, it is because of the anointing. You cannot do it if you don't also have the anointing. So, the anointing. And you see, God selects people specifically and anoints them to accomplish certain purposes. And you must desire for God to use you, select you. This is why you must walk in holiness. That's why we were talking about holiness in the last camp. Because when you, when you walk in holiness, then you are set apart. Then God can pick you among the few. Only a few people really walk in holiness. Only a few people really walk in holiness. Because everybody else is doing the same things. All are fornicating. All are living anyhow having boyfriends, having girlfriends, watching pornography, watching the same stupid things on TV, enjoying the same things, not setting apart time to pray, not setting apart time to read their Bible, not setting apart time to do things for the work of God. It's just the same thing. So many people are not working in holiness, and so they are not in the position where God can select God only has a few people. It's only a few people who are really working in holiness. And therefore, the Bible says that if you make yourself holy, then he will select you for special purposes. And he has things he needs to do here on earth. He has an agenda. And one of the agenda he has in this end time is giving it to Salvation Clinic. And he's looking for people who are working in holiness, who are in that small selection of people who are ready, ready to be used, ready to be anointed. Yeah. 
So, if you are not serious in your work with God, in your holiness work with God, then you can't even get the anointing because God will not pick you. Anointing is a very special ingredient. It's very, very special. Very, very special. So, how does God give the anointing? Okay. We have different ways in which the anointing is released. So, for instance, you can catch the anointing by the termination of a man of God's life. So, we call it terminated, transferred anointing. Terminated, transferred anointing. So, in this case, the man of God, God will kill the man of God or take the man of God away. And then the anointing upon his life, he takes it and gives it to another person. And normally, in this type of way of receiving the anointing, it is only when the man of God is dead that the person who receives the anointing will start operating. And a good example of this is Joshua. Joshua became anointed to lead the people of Israel after Moses' life was terminated. So it's like the anointing was moved from one person to another person, but that person who originally had the anointing died. Another example is Elijah and Elisha. Because God is, con- God is concerned about finishing his work. So, in the, like Moses, Moses died, but the people of Israel still had to go, go to cross the Jordan, go to the, the land that has been promised them. They needed to fight and establish themselves there. Moses is dead, but the work had to continue. So they transferred, they terminated, transfer anointed. Terminated means the person who is the original career of the anointing is taking off the screen. His life is taken off, his, his life is terminated and he's taken away. So that's one way of the anointing. And it also happened to Jesus' disciples. It was only after Jesus' death that the apostles also received the anointing. So you read in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. But it was only after his death that we see it manifesting. So, 
That is one way the anointing is released now. In salvation clinic. That's not going to be the main way that by which God is going to release the anointing. The anointing is going to be released in another way. So God is not going to wait until I die before the anointing is released. A work must expand and grow. So there's another one that is called living transfer anointing. So the first one is terminated transfer anointing. The second one is living transfer anointing. In this case, the anointing on one person is transferred to someone else whilst the man of God is still alive. Whilst the man of God is still alive. So if the man of God has long life, God bless them with a long life. It means the anointing that is on his work, on his life, will start working through others. So, We see in the in example of um, David and Saul. David, Saul was still alive, but God said, go and anoint, go and anoint um, Samuel. Um, God told Samuel, go and anoint David. Go and anoint David. And David was anointed. And this happens when, you know, this in this in this type of um, and um, transfer, mainly it happens when. The, the older one, the older person that is in them, older person that, that, that the anointing was transferred from, like Saul, he became disobedient. So God just took the anointing. God said, okay, let's go and anoint another person. Let's, go and, let's just go and anoint another person. So sometimes... <clears throat> You find out that in, in, in some churches, this can happen. It can happen. And this is where you see people breaking away you know, from their churches. So you see that, like, if you take the Pentecost Church for example, there are a lot of people that were broken away from the Pentecost Church or from the Presby Church or something. And maybe it could be because, see, when 
Samuel, like Samuel and Saul, when God anointed David, Saul was supposed to even still use David because he was still under him. And David was, was anointed and he, you know, he was doing mighty things, but all in the name of Saul. But the people started praising him and saying, Saul has killed his thousand. David is 10,000. And then the, Saul became jealous. Saul became jealous, started persecuting David to the point where David had to run for his life. See? So it, is, it does happen. It does happen. And then God would, the anointing is transferred. The other person, the old person, most often you see the sign is that you see that the, the older ministry you know, would have would, would dwindle or something but the young person's ministry will be and, 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 and it's, it is because you see when you are as you are growing your sons should be doing the things that you are doing and take over without you feeling jealous about it without you feeling any way about it, even in the church. So, if you are doing something, say you are doing, you are you are an old usher. You are one of the the ushers that started. You have been in doing the ushering work for a long time, and a new usher comes, and then he's doing and he's doing the work well, and you find out that even amongst them there's jealousy. That oh, you that you just came. And you see that the old ushers will be sitting down. When they are supposed to be standing, they will be sitting down. They will be behaving just like, like Saul. When the spirit leaves you and anointing transfers to the other person who is new, then jealousy comes in. And then bitterness and all sorts of rivalry, like Saul, exactly, they begin to chase. In different, different parts, even in the, like in the, in the choir, the worship team. So you were there first. Somebody has come and is singing now. You see that there's jealousy. There's jealousy. You didn't take what God gave you serious. You didn't take it serious. You were disobedient. When you tell you do this, you are doing your own thing. Like Saul. Saul decided to do his own thing when God gave him instructions. So now... The anointing, God has brought somebody and the anointing has been transferred to that person. That person is doing it. And the tendency is that you will behave some funny way. So when the new person is singing, you will back. And there are some people that even go out of their way to sabotage and make their, you know, they just destroy their song. We will, I won't back well, or if I'm backing, I'll was, I was sing in a funny way to destroy it so that people will know that, you know, this person can sing. I'm the one that can sing. So, it's a very sad thing that happens in churches. So you, you play the piano, you play the drums, Whatever it is that you are doing, you see, you should be able to teach others. 
to do it. Or when God comes, you see, it is, it is to your glory to have the anointing. What, what you are doing, somebody else can do it. Then it means that, you know, you are, you are growing. And as well, there's something on you that has rubbed off somebody else. See, and so these things happen, and these things also help to shape the, the new person that also comes. When you are facing these trials, when you are facing these challenges, you you will um, it builds it builds their character. Because when Saul was persecuting David, it built David's character as well. So that is that. So you should be able to ask God that whatever it is that you are doing, church you should pray that there should be more you know, more of what you are doing it's not a one man show then we have the anointing sharing and this is when this is different from the living transferred anointing the living transfer anointing. The anointing is taking off the old person and giving to another person. Whilst the person is still alive. So Saul was anointed king, but anointing of kingship was transferred to David whilst he was still alive. And he became a nuisance. And he became a devil and started doing all sorts of things. Yeah. But the correct one is the anointing sharing. So in this instance, you are anointed by God and then the anointing that's on you starts is shared also on several people at the same time while you are, whilst you are still alive. Yeah. So, it does happen. Numbers 11, 16 and 17. <clears throat> So <clears throat> Moses' anointing was shared to accomplish God's will. So in this case, the person is alive, but the anointing is shared so that uh, people who are going to do the help with the work. So that is 
my prayer that you will catch the anointing and you do the work. You catch the anointing whilst I'm still alive and then you do the work. You will um, you will find yourself doing the work of ministry. Yeah. So it's possible. So these are the different ways by which the anointing can be shared. Also, we can have then we can also have modified anointing transfer. Modified anointing transfer. So you with the anointing share sharing, you do the same things that you do the same things that the pastor or the man of God does. I mean, he's sharing the anointing. So what he's doing, that's exactly the same thing you find yourself doing. You will not do anything much different. But then we have modified anointing transfer. So in this one, so the anointing of God that is upon the man of God, you receive it, but in the process, God also modifies it or God adds something to it, adds another dimension to it. So So, like you see, the you see the, an example in the church is like the the anointing that was upon my life, and it went. For instance, it, it um, when you take the pastors in the UK, for instance, they what most of them do is anointing sharing. So, the same things that I I do, they do the same things, but. The same anointing because they were all trained. I trained all of them, including including Mama. I trained all of them. They were all my 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 church members, then disciples, and then they became ministers. And I ordained all of them, and I sent all of them to Bible school. So. They have received it, but like when you look at Mama's anointing, in the in, there's a bit of modification in the anointing. So there's a prophetic element in the anointing that is another dimension. You know, there's another dimension. You know. So you can get the anointing, and in the process, it can also be modified. So, that is called modified anointing transfer. Yeah. So, you see, when the anointing is modified, you still see the, the basic things of the of the original person from whom the anointing was transferred from, you see the same things. But then there's another element. So if you take Joshua, Joshua is a good example. Joshua is a very good example. The anointing that came upon him was also modified. God used Moses to cross the Red Sea. You see that God also used Moses, um, Joshua to cross the Jordan. And, but the battles that Joshua fought 
after crossing the, the, the Jordan, Moses didn't fight any of those battles. Moses was just with the people on the desert. Moses went to God for you know, 40 days, 49 was in the... Moses' anointing wasn't the one that, you know, the one that Moses had, the wisdom, the writing of books and other things. Joshua had the same anointing also, anointing that caused him to do the same things like Moses. But then, because he was now not operating in the desert, but in the promised land, the anointing was modified. So that he, he, you know, his ministry was slightly different from that of Moses, although it was through Moses that he got anointed. So you can have that modified anointing. That's as I was giving like example with 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 with, with Mama. So they can all pray. They can all pray for the sick, for the sick, and you know. They can all um, prophesy, but there is a CS anointing that that is upon on on Mama. That is a modification of the anointing. Then we have diminishing anointing transfer. So this one. You get the anointing, but it is with a little, no, it will not be of the same strength. Diminishing anointing. So you, in this case, the people cut the anointing. You'll be in the church, you cut the anointing, but you, your, the strength of the anointing will be weaker than the original person. It's of a reduced strength and glory. And this most often happens when God wants to fade out a particular ministry or something out. He wants to fade it out. So, say, God wants to bring the work of salvation clinic to an end. Years down the line, what is he going to do? The people who are going to be anointed the things that you know, the things that we are doing now, they will not be able to do it. The whole thing will fade away. And then you, the same church, you come into that church, you talk about deliverance, you talk about healing, and be, it's like, no. Because the people who receive the anointing receive it in a a lesser dose, a lesser dose, until the thing faded out. And you can see that in most churches, some, in some of these churches, some of these things have happened practically. Like when you look at, um, when you look at someone like James McKeon, who started Pentecost Church, and Ramseya and all those people. Today, what those guys did, the pastors that we have currently, they are not doing it. Are not able to do it, has faded out today. The pastors rather want the man Macion left, he left Scotland, and then when he came, he said to God that 
if children are going to become a problem to me and hinder me from doing your work, make my wife barren. And God heard the prayers, and the wife never had a child. So his children are it's only the church. Today, the pastors, they care, they, that kind of sacrifice and that kind of evangelistic anointing is still upon the church. But the pastors, they've received in a very small di- dimension. They now, they are interested in other things that are not relevant to the original anointing. So the anointing has diminished. The miracles, the signs and wonders is diminished. In the Bible, you see an example of this with David and Solomon. David's anointing was upon Solomon, but in a diminished way. Solomon never fought. Solomon never fought any battles. Solomon just did nothing really. So by the end of his reign, that kingship anointing for battle, for other things, it was all gone. He received it in a smaller dimension. And by the time it got to Solomon's children, it, the kingship anointing was gone because the kingdom was not divided. David had the anointing to keep the kingdom together. Solomon, it was divided. Solomon's sons, everything was gone. So diminished anointing. So that can happen. It happens a lot. Even with, like right now, if I say, okay, I'm starting a Bible school, and the Bible school should only teach only things from the Bible. 100 years from now, you come and you'll be surprised that this same Bible school, the people, because they received the diminished anointing, the anointing kept on diminishing. The focus and purpose for the Bible school will turn into something else. We will, we will be in heaven and we'll be, we'll be shocked at what they are using the university to do. Because of diminished anointing. And then we have enhanced anointing transfer. So, what is that one? That one, the anointing is enhanced, it's upgraded. So, for instance, Elisha got double portion. He got double portion. And this type of transfer is not very common. Because Elijah, Elijah even said, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 10, he said, you have asked for a very hard thing. It's not easy to get double portion. And I have okay, and I have, so the anointing, for instance, the anointing upon my life, you want a double portion. It is possible, but it's a hard thing. It's not something that you get by just being lazy and you know, have to be very, very persistent. Elijah, Elijah was telling Elijah, don't come, don't do this. Come, stay here. He said, no, I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. Through persistence. So, you can get it, a double portion, but it's not easy. And then, we also have maybe a former anointing can be reintroduced. So, like John the Baptist, John the Baptist was anointed, the, the same anointing that was with Elijah. 
So, but for years, that anointing, after Elijah's and Elisha's death, because Elisha's death, Elisha didn't anoint anybody. When he died, he took the anointing with him. He didn't anoint anybody. So it was his dead bones that even was raising people up. Anointing went into their grave with him. So after so many years, we, didn't, we never saw anybody like that again until John the Baptist appeared on the scene and God introduced the anointing that was on Elijah back on earth through John the Baptist. So you find out that he behaved with similarities like John the Baptist, like Elijah. Very wild man living in the desert just like Elijah. And he was always fighting the kings of their days, fighting against sin and other things. So it was an introduction of an anointing. So this is why, see, there are the pictures of the men of God and women of God here that are dead and gone, whose ministries are no more. Because once they died, their ministries also died with them. That has been the pattern of most of the American preachers. Because they didn't work in this way whereby they would do anointing sharing. What most of them wanted was their biological children should take over their ministry. So if their biological children don't take over their ministry, then it dies. They don't train other people to take over their ministries. And for a long time, that was the pattern that most of the people, most people copy what is coming from America. So they copy, and there was no anointing transfer. So these two things I'm showing you, some of these guys, they didn't apply it. If they had known about anointing shine, they would have trained people to do it. So you see that Billy Graham is his son. John Osteen, it is now his son, Joel Osteen. If Joel Osteen also dies and his son decides, I'm not going to be in ministry, that's the end of the ministry. Doesn't really go far. So then what God would do is that after some time, the anointing that was upon them, he would go and he would pick somebody somewhere and just introduce it again. Yeah. So, these men of God, all of them here, most of them, those who are dead especially, their anointings, their mantles can come upon you if you ask God to give it to you. They are not just pictures there. It's there for a reason. And then finally, we have the a new and original anointing. And this one too is not very, very common because the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun, really. So it is hard for any new anointing to be introduced again. hardly happens. Elijah, Elijah is, a, is a one of the people that 
he was a f his anointing was very unique first person to ever be anointed in that way and then so he was a new and an original anointing elijah elijah didn't have any we don't know anything about him is whether a spiritual father we don't elijah just appeared on the scene god just picked him it's not common for god to just do that many many people you have to be under somebody you can we can trace it there's a, there's a genealogy so it's hard for it doesn't doesn't normally happens that way and um so Elijah had it, then Elijah had an enhanced, Elijah had a new original anointing, Elijah had enhanced transferred anointing, and John the Baptist was an, is an example of somebody that got the anointing reintroduced, the reintroduced anointing. So these are the ways that the anointing God releases the anointing. Now, how to understand the anointing? How to understand the anointing? It should be the desire of every person here to catch the anointing. It should be your desire. Not money, not fame, not cars, not riches, but the anointing. Without the anointing, you will be reduced to just philosophy and games and tricks. And this is where, this is why we see some people doing, arranging miracles, arranging for false testimonies, you know, arranging to pretend to be sick and then they pray for them. Because the, the anointing is not there. The anointing is not there. So, there was this case in Ghana recently about this town that pastors come and they, they, they have a camp there, training camp for people to go and pretend how to be sick. And so they have a camp in that town. They, they, people there are not working. They don't have jobs. So if they give, they said 200 cities, you travel, you come to their church. They come and pretend as if they are sick. And then they pray for them to be healed. Some come in wheelchairs, some do all sorts of things. But it's all arranged. And then when they finish, they pay them their money. And it came out that this is what some women in the church, some women in the town were doing, recruiting young people to do that. The chiefs of the town got angry with the, with the women. And it was a big issue in Ghana quite recently. So if you don't have the anointing, that's what you find yourself doing. A lot of churches, a lot of the pastors, you, know, you see them, they say recruiting people. People genuinely sick. And they were in the hospital. They, they've just been discharged. They like people like that so that when they come, it will really look like they were sick. Then they will pass out pray, and then they will pretend as if they have been healed. And it's, it's there. Why do people do this? Because they don't have the anointing. Yet they want to be popular. 
yet they want to be famous, yet they want money, yet they want riches. So, then they enter into all sorts of things. So, without anointing, you are not going to be anything really. Cannot be anything. You can't be a pastor. You can only be a pastor, maybe by the ordination of men, but not by God. You can, without the anointing, you can't be a singer. You can't be a gospel minister. You can't be anything really much for God. So, there are some facts you must know about the anointing. One, understand that. The anointing is not cheap. It's difficult to get it. It's very, very difficult. Elijah said it. Elijah said it to Elijah. Thou hast asked a hard thing. It's a hard thing. That is why only a few people are really genuinely anointed. If it was, in, if it was that easy, a lot of people would be anointed Easily. It's a hard thing. Many people try it, but only a few succeed. Yeah. Because it's a life. You know, it's a hard thing. You have to deny yourself certain things. You have to be ready to follow. Take up your cross and follow. It's not easy. You have to be ready to put away your pride and serve another person. You have to forget about your own personal dreams and ambitions. It's not easy to get anointed. can't get anointed in a certain strength without sacrifice. And many people don't want to sacrifice. So, only the few that really sacrifice, they are the ones that get the anointing. And look around. Look around carefully, even among pastors of today. Not many pastors are anointed. You can come and preach and do all sorts of things, but not, not many are genuinely anointed. I'm not talking about going to Bible school. Going to Bible school is good, but that is not anointing. You don't get anointed by that. So, these are facts about anointing. It's not easy. It's not cheap. Don't think that by an easy, like a day sickle, I don't care, I won't put in much effort, attitude, you are going to get anointed. It will not happen. It's a hard thing to get. And if you get anointed, the result will be very clear. We will see it. We will see it. Number two, you must have a very strong desire for the anointing. Otherwise, you won't get it. Because you know why? 
Why is it difficult to get the anointing? The anointing, that question, eh? why is it difficult to get the anointing? The anointing is the Holy Ghost himself. When we say somebody is anointed, eh? it's not oil that has been poured on them. It's the presence of the Holy Ghost. It's how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost, not oil, with the Holy Ghost. So when you are anointed, it means the Holy Ghost is, is with you, is on you. It's right there with you. That's, that's I mean, on 24 hours a day. Whether you are ministering or not, that is why your life must be a certain way. That is why you must be ready to make certain sacrifices. And it's a hard thing for many people to, to, to live the life that is pleasing for the Holy Ghost to remain on them. It's a hard thing. Maybe for two weeks they are happy. Maybe for two days they can live holy. And then straight away they go back to their nonsense. So to remain anointed, you know, to see a man that is anointed week in, week out, every week, same, praying for the sick, healing the sick, casting out devils, preaching the word of God every week, week in, week out, to remain anointed at that level. It's a hard thing. And it's the Holy Ghost who is upon us. So if you are not ready to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you can't be anointed. He can come upon you in your time of fasting and you feel holy, but because you can't maintain the anointing after the fasting, he will leave you. And the thing with the Holy Spirit is that when he leaves you, you won't even know. You, you will not know that he has left you until, like Samson, you try to shake yourself, then you realize, hey, he's, he's gone. He's gone. And then when he's gone, if you don't do things to ask him back, and then you go, some people, because they want to live a lifestyle of pleasure and sin, and at the same time want to be anointed, it can't be possible. So that is where they start doing all sorts of tricks and gimmicks and other things. See. So, the Holy Spirit is a gift from the Father. And he is the anointing. He is the anointing. When you say you are anointed, it means you have the Holy Ghost on you. God will not, Holy Spirit will not just come on any filthy, dirty thing. So, have a desire. See, sometimes the people you think that you see anointed, you think, ah, God, can, God should anoint me as well. But the question you, tr- you need to ask yourself, why, did, why has God anointed this person? So I'm more beautiful, I'm more handsome, I'm more educated, but God hasn't anointed me. Why has God anointed this one? Rather? Desire. The desire is very important. Some are like Esau. They don't desire the anointing. They are birthright. It's your birthright, but are canal about it. Very canal about it. But Jacob, on the other hand, he desired the anointing. And that is why God said, they were twins, but God said, Jacob I have loved, and Esau I have hated. Romans 9 verse 13. So we are all here, but God loves 
some and God's love for others to not be the same. Because one desires the things of God. One desires the, the precious Holy Spirit. Another two is just there just to be an idiot, just to be laughing around, doesn't know what they are doing. Just, you know, it's about eating, dancing, drinking, you know. When another two is desiring for the things of God, serious with the things of God. So, twins, Esau and Jacob, one was very carnal, one two desired. And so God loved, that is why he got anointed. That's why he got chosen. Or he desired God. So God said, Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. So the desire for that, you know, somebody is very thirsty for the anointing. Until you know, somebody are in church, you're not hungry for the anointing. You're just there. You are rather interested in nonsense and foolish things. You know, some people. Coming to church is all about dressing up. That is all it is for them. Dressing up, making makeup, having nice hairstyles, wearing shoes to come and show off. That is, that is stupid. That is, you know, such a person, you cannot be anointed. And for another person to come into church is, is a very spiritual thing which they will prepare, they will fast if possible, read their Bible, meditate, pray towards it, Knowing that the moment they step into church, they are in, a, in an, an atmosphere. They are coming to have an encounter with God. They are there to worship God. Their desire is two different things. So although you are in the same church service, there's a Jacob and there's an Esau. Esau is interested in fleshy canal things, things that are useless. Jacob to is into has a strong desire to um, be drowned in the anointing to experience God to have the touch of God. So the anointing is like your birthright. But how are you treating it? How are you treating it? Romans 9:13, read it for me. If God hated Esau because he didn't he didn't, he was carnal towards his birthright. Then if you treat the anointing like that too, God will not also like you. Yeah. As it is written. See, so you have to be serious. You really have to be serious. So that God, and this is between you and God, if you have that desire, if you love God, then you have the. It, I can put that one in your heart for you. It is between you personally. The reason why you won't get anointed, you won't be chosen, is in your heart. What you are harboring in your heart, which no man can see but only God. And that is why you will be anointed or not anointed. So you have to desire the anointing. If you are around an anointed person and you are not getting anointed, then there's a problem. You are like an Esau. You are around your father, Jacob, who is anointed all right. But you are, you are around 
for the wrong reasons, for what you can get for material things, not for the anointing, then you will not be chosen. And it's God who anoints. He anoints through a man, but it is God who anoints. And God knows what is in your heart. And it's time for you to really desire. Don't treat your birthright. You are in a church. Eh? The birthright of the ministry, the anointing which is upon the ministry is your birthright. Desire to have it. Don't be carnal about it and just be there. You don't have the thing and you are just there. You don't desire it. Anyone that, that is desire his birthright, you are like Jacob. You are like Esau. And that is why God hated Esau. That you, I have such, such a precious thing. Precious thing. I've given you. It's your birthright, but you are treating it like... Many church members behave like that. They treat the anointing in this house any, anyhow. They're not serious. So God anoints those who desire. And you can be a Gehazi And Elisha. And you see that, you see, in, in the ministry of Elijah, Elisha wasn't Elijah's first servant. There, were, there was another person before Elisha came. And that person didn't catch the anointing. He was around such a mighty man of God, but he didn't catch the anointing because he was very, he didn't desire the anointing. He was very carnal around a mighty man like Elijah and the Bible talks about we don't even know his name and many people are around mighty men of God you are around a mighty anointing a great anointing in salvation is a very mighty anointing and you are around you are just around forgetting that you no. Know, Forgetting that if you are carnal, nobody will, nobody even will, will even know you. There will be no records of you. But if you catch anointing, we know of jo we know of Moses. We also know of Joshua. Yeah, even though Joshua came through Moses. So when you really cut the anointing, we, we will see you. When you read in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42 and 43, we see that servant there. He was there before Elisha came. But he was there. He didn't cut the anointing. He was just following the man of God. And he faded out. God said to, God said to Elijah, Go and anoint Elisha. Somebody from somewhere who wasn't even in the ministry. He was the one that called. God said, go and get him. Because the person that is in the ministry was useless. 
was just around. First Kings 18, 42 and 43. So he said, and he said to his servant, that's the servant we are talking about. This guy was there before Elisha. This, by this time, Elisha was not even in the scene. But Elijah had a servant, someone that was around him. Who didn't catch the, who didn't catch the anointing? Being around a man of God and not catching the anointing, you are like this man. No, you, you are totally useless. You seen, you saw, you, look, look, this guy saw the miracles God used Elijah to do. Even this was on, this was after, this was after the experience on Mount Carmel where Elijah prayed and fire, physical fire came from heaven to come and burn the offering. Physical fire, not spiritual fire. Physical fire came from heaven and he burned the thing. And he said, now I'm going to pray for rain to come. And this was the guy, he saw everything. But where, where, where did it end him? Useless. He didn't become anything in ministry. He was bypassed and God had to go and pick somebody that was not even in the church. And when you look at even the reasons why God would, have, would pick Elisha, there are reasons why God would pick Elisha and not the servant. Because Elisha was, when, when Elijah got to him, Elisha was running a business meaning he, he, he was very, he had, and he had, he, his business was booming, so he would have been exercising certain principles and certain discipline. He was working, he was hard working, he wasn't a lazy man, he was producing results. So God said, the basics are there. And God went to take him and, and brought him. This servant, we, we don't even know his name after today. Nobody knows who he is. And there are people who follow a man of God like that. They will be around, useless. And after so many years, nobody knows them. Nothing has amounted to them. And they will make it look as if it was the man of God's fault. No, it's your fault. You are carnal. You are following a man of God and you are not spiritual. You are not desiring the Holy Ghost, the anointing. You are just there. Thinking that it's all games. It's not games. It's not games. You have to desire anointing. So he saw this guy. He was the one Elijah would send. Oh, go and look and go and check this. Go and do this around him, but nothing came out of him. He didn't get anointed. He didn't get anointed. If you don't care much about the anointing, if you don't treat the anointing with a strong desire for it, God will bypass you and go and get someone else. Yeah. I know of a certain man of God in Ghana here. Um, uh, what's his name? Bishop Salifu Amwako. 
and when he first started in Orion over 20 years ago and I used to go for fellowshipping there and God was using him mightily God is still using him he was a young man uneducated man from Kumasi even how he got anointed Reverend Kwesia Mwakum, very powerful evangelist in the 80s who, who died through a car accident. It was this man that birthed the Tegu sisters and the daughters of glory, all those things, the Tegu sisters. They were singing for, for him in his crusades. Nobody knew the Tegu sisters, but it was through this man. So they were singing for him at his crusades. Then he died. He had an accident and he died. He had pastors and other people all around him, but none of them. When a man died suddenly, none of them caught the anointing. It was this man, this uneducated boy who was in his house. He went to do a crusade and the boy, he was a Muslim. And he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And the man said, come and live with you know, He was having issues. Or something. The man, he, had, he somehow found himself in the man's house. Started serving the man. Washing his cars. Cleaning the house. And the, the, you know, because he was a big man of God. Pastors, big, they were his associate pastors. They would come. And big men would come. He was a nobody. Nobody even regarded him. It was just a, a little servant in the house. And, and, and he was there serving. He served. He was serving. He served, he served with his heart fully. Did everything. Washed his car, ironed his clothes. You know, when the man is going, sometimes we give him some money here and there. And the day the man died, just before the man died, so the man called him and just called him out of the blue. He said, come here. And he ran. He said, kneel down. And he prayed for him. So I'm going. And he went. It wasn't long before he died. I think less than a week or so that he had an accident through his crusades. He was coming back from Kumasi or something. And he died. That was it. All those big, big people who were making themselves important around him, those pastors and them got the anointing. It was this young guy. The anointing was on him. He didn't know. So he too, the man is dead now. Everybody's trying to claim whatever. So he just we left and he started doing some prayers, prayers, prayers. And you know, he started a fellowship. Then he moved down to Accra. And then suddenly, you know, powerful prophetic anointing was on him and a hands from doing mighty, mighty things. There was one meeting, there was one meeting that he had. He, in the meeting, physically, he prayed and physically, oil came from the ground and the floor, or everybody. And you can't stand. Yeah. Very, very powerful man of God. And he himself, he too, now he's into ministry, he's into ministry big time. 
all the other people that were saying, ah, I'm around, I'm Reverend Amwakusana, we, we haven't seen anything from them up to now. Because they were around the man of God, like this servant. They were not desiring the anointing, really. They wanted equality with the man of God. Instead of humbling themselves, being servants and serve, they wanted to be equal with the man of God. And when the guy died, that was when we really saw who really served him and who really caught the anointing. And it is showing he's, he's the only person that came out from the man of God with an international ministry. And then he too started his ministry at pastors. This is 20 plus years ago. So I knew, I knew, I knew most of the pastors. Then he started the Bible school and started training his pastors. First intake were 30 people. 30 people. One of the pastors became a friend of mine. And this gentleman, one day, when I went for fellowship, and I saw him, he was the one that was preaching. Very, very, very young guy. In fact, he was the youngest among all the pastors. Was the youngest, so I don't know what happened, but I don't know what meeting they had, whatever. But Bishop Salifu decided that he, that young guy, was going to preach. So I went, and I was, I was very surprised. So he was preaching, he preached, and then he too started prophesying, like how he prophesies, prophesied, 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 and then he, you know, everybody's. That they say, oh wow, wow, you are just like your father. Oh wow, wow, wow. And it went into his head. So he too, he went to start a fellowship somewhere. In um um Labadi. No, no, Lab you won't get to Labadi, Pawan Junction. There was some. I think today, because of the change the roads, but before when it was a single road, there was some bridge B. With some water, you have to cross the. You know, it was on the road, but it was a small bridge. So there, then there was water there, and then beside it, there was like some wooded area. So that is where he was. He started his fellowship. I went there to see what was happening there. He said I should come and help him. So I would go see what he's doing there. Went into his head. Suddenly, you know, looking back now, it was total foolishness what he was doing. Instead of now humbling himself for more opportunities, because just one preaching, or he has arrived. And I believe that, that the bishop really loved him. He gave him the opportunity. There were other pastors there. He didn't give him the opportunity to preach. There was only two people apart from him that ever, two people. There was one, when the bishop is not there, he preaches. And then there was another guy too that was there that was also doing preaching and doing Bible study. But he couldn't prophesy like the others or like the bishop himself. He could preach, he could pray for the sick and other things. This guy had the opportunity, and then he went to his head, and then that was it. He thought he was going to become something else. He didn't honor. 
So fast forward it. Now, all the people, all those pastors, eh? all those pastors, none of them have amounted to anything. The, the guy that was like the associate, he was just like Bishop Salifu. When Bishop Salifu was, when he started, said he's going to, he was saying that he was going to have an international ministry. He was going to do this. He was going to start have branches there. And when he was saying, people were laughing and people thought it was going. It was a joke, but the thing started happening practically, and they were amazed. They were amazed. Now all those pastors that started with him, hmm, the guy that was like the main one when he's not there, he does. He cannot. He does everything that you know. Like as I told you about the anointing sharing. He could do exactly the same thing that the man was doing. Could prophesy just like him. Could pray for the sick just like him. Everything just like him. The last time I heard of that guy, and this was from this, my friend there. That I saw him. It's been years now. Last time I, I, I that time we didn't, I didn't even, we didn't have a church or anything. I think I came to Ghana and I met the wife somewhere and he gave me the number and i called him when i called him he was telling i asked him also oh, where's where's this um pastor this pastor that and i said oh, that pastor he's dead and i was shocked is he dead say yes who he died we just buried him about so so and so months or weeks ago i said wow what happened i said oh that is nobody he's dead so I was shocked. And I said, Whoa. So what happened was that the guy too left the church. He left the church and went to start his own church. He went to start his own church. And I don't know what he was doing or what he was saying or you know, when when they leave like that, then they start saying all sorts of ridiculous things. This man treated you like a son. If you have left, keep quiet and go and do your church. He said the begged him. He said Bishop said, Oh, you do don't leave. Don't go. Wait. Wait. So no 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 me too I'm and he left. At that time the church was only in Ghana. They didn't have branches in other parts of the world. So he thought that he could come and do something greater than what his father was doing. Not knowing that the source of the anointing is from this man. And he died. Today, his ministry, there's nothing. There's no ministry. His church, everything collapsed. He's dead. Bishop Salifu is still alive. Then the other main guy, too, when I asked of him, he too said he stayed for some time. He stayed for some time. And then. Um, Bishop sent him to to UK first, and then from UK he was sent to Germany. When he got to Germany, then he broke away to start his own church. As I'm speaking, there's nothing like a church. It's, it's dead and gone. There's nothing like a church. It's, 
the church that he started is, is collapsed. It went, it grew, and then it just died just like that. I don't, I don't know what he's doing now. I don't know where he's. He was a very tall, nice, handsome guy. Serving the guy in Ghana, we gave him opportunity to go overseas. That was it. He came. He said, "Me to have arrived," and he left. This my friend to, he to, one preaching opportunity. He has arrived. Went to start his church. Today, as I'm speaking, I don't know whether his church is still existent or not. Last time I, 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 I saw him, it was a sad story. Still struggling and all sort of things. You know, and God took, you know, I, I traveled, I traveled overseas, and that was how we, we disconnected. And last time when I came back to Ghana, I heard of him. It was a sad story. Still living in some uncompleted building. And by this time, as we were talking, the socialist ministry was growing bigger now, branches in Germany, branches in UK, branches in USA, different, different parts. And who are the pastors there now? New people. These were the guys that, when he didn't even have a, a church building, when he was renting Orion, these were the people. They would go to, you go to Achimota Forest to go and pray there. Those days, it wasn't like how they've done it there. It was a big, thick forest. And, you know, a lot of, if you go there, it's only a few, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like now that it's always crowded. And that was where that, that other pastor that died, the bishop, he, he, he won't come to the forest, but he allowed them, take the people there, go and pray with them. So whilst he was there, he too was planning his own things. And he left the church. Yeah. Did all these things with the man. Out of the 30 pastors, out of the 30 pastors, the last time I saw two of those original pastors, and I met them in Apostle Enim's church. You know, Apostle Enim, he is also one of the sons of Bishop Salifu. But he never, he wasn't in his church. He was somewhere, he was playing football and other things, and then I don't know what happened, but um, he came and then I think the prophet started over. And then he came to stay with, uh, with the bishop for six months. And we prayed for him. Then he said, now go, go and start your church. And that is it. And, and, and 20 years plus, he's got a big church, UK, Ghana. The original so-called pastors of his, of Bishop Salifu. I don't know where all of them are. I'm sure some of them, more of them are dead now. Because they were around a man of God, but they were like this servant. You... They, nothing came out of them. They were trivializing the anointing. They were disloyal in their heart. See, that's what I'm telling Anointing is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost knows your heart. Yeah. He knows. So the, the, I saw two of them. I saw, I saw them in Bishop um, Salifu's um, uh, Apostle Enim's church when he came to Ghana. I saw them. I said, ah, I remember your face. I said, ah, Orion. I said, ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So then I, told, I asked them about my friend, the pastor. They said that they don't know where he is. So. And those two, they said, but when I looked at them, you could see that 
life was not it wasn't well with them no no like they've seen apostle Nima has come from uk so they are coming and collect money so th- that has been their mentality from 20 years ago and they haven't changed it's all about money and and and, and when i looked at them they are dressing and everything you could see that I was expecting them to be driving even a car. 20 years in the ministry, you don't have a car. They didn't have any car. When they shoe, when I saw their shoe, I saw that the shoe had tasted a lot of dust in these days. I was there with Mama. So Mama said, oh, then we have to buy some clothes and, and give it to them. And you should come and see these people. Very happy. They want a manamba. They want this. I said, hey, me, it's not, you didn't come to see. You didn't come to see me. You came to see this man. So anything it will be through him. Because of the lessons we've learned from loyalty and disloyalty from Bishop, that you can't you can't just go and be taking people's numbers like that. So I was very surprised. So out of that and and. They still go. They still are under him, but they have still not caught their grace. That is why their lives are diminished. And people from new people now, if you, if the associate part, every is new, new people, totally new people. All the original, only these two are left, and these two two they are there, but they haven't caught the anointing. And so their lives are miserable. See, so this servant. The anointing and servanthood is very important. How you are serving will determine how you catch the anointing. Yeah. And you must catch the anointing. You must desire to catch Otherwise, you'll be like this guy. It's sad that uh, you are around a man like Elijah and your name cannot be found in the Bible as well. So, the anointing has got a lot to do with servanthood. This guy was careless. This guy was like a desical. He didn't care. He didn't cherish that. Hey, I'm around a mighty man of God. And I've taught you about the signs. If a, if a man of God is anointed, it's not, it's not by their mouth, but the ministry that they are doing. It's not even so much about the numbers around them, but the ministry that they are doing. Like Jesus said, if you have, uh, uh, he said to, he said to um, John the Baptist, he said, that, he said the poor, are being ministered to the blind are seeing the miracles are happening. Go and tell him. And tell John. Signs of a highly anointed person. Demons are being cast out. The sick are being healed. The oppressed are being set free. The poor, see. The ministry is reaching them. It's not the rich. It's not ministering to rich people that shows you are anointed. It's poor people. When you are when you are anointed. You minister to poor people. You attract a lot of poor people. And your ability to identify is a high anointing in this house. And not treat it anyhow. Don't joke with it. Don't be there. And No, don't know what you are doing there. So, humble yourself and serve well. See, when you are a servant, eh, you don't have your own mind. 
you know, you, you don't have your own mind. You are told what to do. It's very humbling. You must work with your master. Always your master must be right. Even if you disagree, you must be right. That is the position of a servant. You are like a grown-up child, ready to receive every instruction that is meted out to you. And if Joshua had to become a servant to one of God's general, then you too, you must be a servant before you can be anointed. People are simply too big in their own eyes. That is why they, don't, they can be around an anointed man of God and never get anointed. They are too cautious of certain things, cautious of themselves. Oh, it's not good. People come and see me cleaning the church. Somebody once told me that. And this was somebody that was people me, you know, doing. And so what? People come and see you mixing concrete or carrying sand or whatever. I've done it before. Did he take the anointing off me? I did it, finished, came to preach and did a miracle service. Yeah, but there were people like that. So they are too big to do manual work, menial work, too big in their own eyes. Don't wonder God has removed them. Always wanting recognized by men. It's not, it's not what man recognizes as important. It's what God is seeing. You are, you are doing in the secret when no one is watching, when the cameras are not on. What you are doing. It's what is important. Not when we are all together and you are trying to show. No, no, no. That is not it. So when you are too big in your own eyes, God cannot use you. There's something to do. You know, I'm teaching you about the... the, the, the um, The steps. You know, what was I teaching you about? Understand the anointing. Eh? Facts about the anointing, yeah. Facts about the anointing. Yeah. So you have to desire the anointing. And one of the things that you must also, you, 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 you can desire another minister's anointing. It is allowed. The Bible allows it. It says desire spiritual gifts. Desire anointing. So you can desire it and it will become yours. So all I want to tell you is that desire the anointing. Desire the anointing. So, facts about the anointing. Now, I want to talk about steps into the anointing. I've started a little bit of it, but steps to the anointing. Steps to the anointing. And there can be there are about seven identifiable steps to the anointing. Now, the first principle to getting into the anointing is the principle of vessel change. Vessel 
the principle of vessel change. And, and, and this is the first step. If you don't cross this first step, you can never be anointed. You, you have the desire, it's good. Desire alone is not enough. You need to now step into something else. It's practical. I'm teaching practical. Don't just be taking notes and you are not going to go and do it. So, principle of vessel change. See, the anointing is like a liquid that is poured into a vessel. So, if you look at it, every bottle contains some liquid and the liquid takes the shape of the bottle. So, if you take a whiskey bottle, the whiskey takes the shape of the whiskey bottle. If you take a Coca-Cola bottle, it takes the Coke takes the shape of the Coca-Cola bottle. Now, you can't be a whiskey bottle and then you want us to put Coke in it. It doesn't work. You can't be a whiskey bottle and you want us to put pure water in it. It doesn't work. So, vessel change. Vessel change is important. So, become a vessel for the anointing that you want. Hmm? Become a vessel for the anointing that you want. That you want. So if you are not, you see, and, and by nature, some people are made in a certain way. See, some people have certain temperaments. Some people are quiet. Some people are reserved naturally. It's a vessel, it's a form of vessel. So it, 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 it's, it's good for certain things. You know. So you are introvert, you are extrovert. If you want to be a pastor, for instance, you can't be a pastor and you are afraid to talk to people. So, if you are naturally afraid to talk to people, like me, I'm naturally quiet. But if I want the anointing to be a pastor, I must change that vessel of being quiet and shy to be able to talk to people and overcome that. Otherwise, I will never become a pastor because I have to deal with people. I have to be able to look people in the eye and talk to people. Whether I feel like it, whether I don't feel like it, I have to talk. I have to counsel people. I have to pray for people. I have to visit people. Yet you say you want to be a pastor. Stop deceiving yourself. You don't want to interact with people. You say, ah, I'm shy. Change that vessel. It's foolishness to think that you're a Coca-Cola bottle, you're a whiskey bottle, and you should fill you with Coke. It won't happen. God won't do it. So you have to change. Vessel is a principle of vessel change. God is not going to come and do it for you. You must do the change. You, 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 want to, you want to stand and sing before people. You want to stand and do things before people. Vessel change. So your appearance. This is why even if you have some strange styles and way of dressing, you have, you, have to, you have to change all those things. You, you, you like dressing like a guy, Popo. No. I like Josiah. 
He used to like guy purple dressing. Dressing like a goat. Didn't you like guy purple dressing? Now do you dress like guy purple anymore? Guy purple dressing, guy purple hairstyles, strange looking, strange looking things. Now, if you're a pastor, you cannot, you can't be like that. You have the vessel has to change. You have to dress like a gentleman, so that when you talk, people will take you serious. You can stand before all kinds of people and talk. No. There was this guy that used to come. Where is he? That there was a boy that used to wear some strange, big, big boots from flowers. That he said he was living with his brother or somebody. And the brother wouldn't allow him to come to church. Some strange looking boy. I don't know his name. He used to come with you guys from Flowers and he used to dress very strange. Some slim, strange looking boy. He doesn't, I haven't seen him in a long time. I don't think he's, I don't know whether he's still around or not. Yeah. So you see, you can come like that strange, with strange rasta looking, strange, all sorts of things. But if you want God to use you, how many pastors have you seen with dreadlocks? How many of them have you seen with dreadlocks? Yeah. So there's something known as a principle of, of what? Of vessel change. So you want to be a pastor, then you have to change your attitude. You have to learn how to speak to people. You can't talk by heart. You can't just talk like, a, you know, you can't talk just like that. You, you, a, a pastor is a shepherd. Someone is taking care of people. You must be interested. Change that thing. You must be genuinely interested in people. So, 2 Timothy 2.20 says, In a large house, there are many vessels. Some to honor, some to dishonor. But if a person will avail himself, he'll be used for special purposes. So, you have to be a certain way. If you want want to be an evangelist too, it, it also requires a certain vessel. A certain vessel. If you want to be, you know, a teacher, it requires a certain vessel. If you want to be a teacher, you don't read. You you don't read. Yet you want to you want to teach and and, and uh, the Bible and you want to you don't read. You are joking. You are just a joker, building castles in the air. You will see nothing. Just you're in only in your head now. Oh, yes, of all that is all. It won't come out anywhere. You don't read. You don't enhance yourself in any way, shape, or form. You have to be a certain way. Bible teachers read a lot. Read, read a lot. Read, 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 read everything. You must be abreast with. You must know a little bit about everything. You know a little bit about law, a little bit about medicine, a little bit about psychology, a little bit about everything. You don't read. 
you don't read anything. Yet you want to become a pastor. You want to become a to teach what? Rabbits and goats. You're joking. If you want to be a prophet too, you have to be a certain way. Certain way. A prophetic mantle is very strong, high mantle that you know, should be into things like fastings and prayers and you should be happy to be, you know, to be happy to just be by yourself for some period of time and just wait on God. And you, you must be somebody that is prepared to say what God is telling you to say, not you know, anything else. You must carry a certain, must be a certain way. If you are shy, God says, say it this way. And you say, you say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that person, you cannot become a prophet. You have to be a certain way. Have a certain nature and faith and boldness. Because it can be very sunny and God is telling you it's going to rain. Declare it. Hey. You can't be a prophet. You can't. You have to be a certain way. So, you have to... The vessel change is important. The vessel change is very important. And many of you, you haven't changed any vessel. You haven't changed. It's just the same, the same way. You don't read your books. You don't read anything. You are not no nothing to change the vessel so that God can find. Oh, I can see some evangelistic vessel. Be even the little things we are trying to tell you to do: do outreaches, do um, evangelism, personal evangelism. You are, you, are, you, are, you are not. So how can you be an evangelist? How can God use you? Or to get up, you think that you get up one day and then you just go and be sitting maybe on a radio or TV station. That makes you an evangelist. No. I've done everything you can imagine. Yeah. Don't broadcast. When I was your age, don't broadcast. We didn't have mobile phones and all those things rampant as we have now. Don't broadcast. I go for don't broadcast. Yeah. One time I went to preach somewhere. Somebody poured urine on me. Yeah. Today, if you sit me, if you see me sitting on radio, it's not. It isn't just 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 one one journey deep, and then suddenly I'm on radio. It, it God has prepared me well enough. Yeah. And I made myself a vessel. See. So. Make yourself the vessel change. There must be a change. There must be a change. You, you, have, you can't be a teacher if you don't read. You can't be a, a, a teacher if you don't invest. No. Invest. When you look at those, today, even today, when you look at them, the pastors that are, they say they are Bible teachers, those ministries, you see, they, they, they are always encouraging, they are always like very, 
academic and they, they attract certain kind of people ways in the mean it's like educated people middle class people who are educated and you know their messages has an appeal to me. so anointing is very specific to the vessel if you make yourself a vessel for prophetic god will use you for the prophetic if you make yourself a vessel for evangelistic the teaching God will make you. God will come and fill it. So, let's look at the prophetic anointing as an example from the Bible. If you study, so if you see Elijah's life, you see certain things on Elijah's life that led him to do certain things. So, for instance, First Kings eight thirty six. Okay. Yeah. So, Elijah was challenging kings. He rebuked kings of his day. He fought religious leaders of his day. He challenged saints and evil. Ahab, the, he took Naboth's um, vineyard. He talked about it. It was very, very dramatic. And who ended his ministry? A woman, Jezebel. Now, when the same anointing was introduced into John the Baptist in his life. It will be operated the same way. He was rebuking the king of his day, Mark 6, 17 to 20. You see that he was confronting religious leaders of his day. And then what happened? It was a woman who terminated, who terminated his life, Herod's wife. Same thing, same thing. Wow. Yeah. So, see, they were specific. They were in a set. They were same way. Very dramatic. You know, he was living in a certain way, dressed in a certain way. It's, it's, you have to make yourself a certain way for God to also use you. Gehazi, he unfortunately, Gehazi was Elisha's servant. He, Elisha had a strong healing anointing. And you know, healing anointing, you can't lie. When you, know, you can't be somebody that is lying. Healing anointing, you can't get it when you lie. You, you, you lie. Lying, stealing, and all sorts of things like that. Being covetous. You can't get the healing anointing. Elijah, uh, Gehazi was covetous, greedy, wanted money. When you have an opportunity to serve God or do something for God and you have an opportunity to you know, get money or make money, when you are that kind of vessel that is chasing, that will choose money, forget it. A healing anointing cannot be upon you. God has to make sure because 
It's a grace that if you don't take care, you start selling it. You start selling it. You can easily start selling the grace. Like now, like many people have become Gehazis in the ministry. So now they are selling water, they are selling other things. You know, some are selling eggs and all sorts of things for healing. And you become rich. But it's just a matter of time. All will be judged. The genuine anointing for healing. It doesn't go with stealing. It doesn't go with lying. It doesn't go with covetousness. Being greedy for things. It doesn't go with it. Gehazi failed that test. He couldn't transform himself into a vessel that will not like stealing, being covetous, and other things. A prophetic that can't go with lying. You have to be straightforward. Very straightforward. So, and that's one of the reasons why the prophetic is very strong on, on my mind that way because it's very, you have to be straightforward. Say it as it is. No mincing of words. So if you can change yourself into that kind of person, you can flow in that kind of prophetic. And the change that we are saying, you should do it. God will put you in circumstances and situations that will help you to mold your character. Mm -hmm. To mold your character. So, so like, as you are here, it's not just coming to church or coming to work or whatever. You are being given an opportunity for your character to be molded, for you to be molded to fit a certain anointing. You see? So things like without anybody telling you anything, what time do you come to? Let me say nine o'clock and you come ten. You you are not allowing yourself to be molded. It's it's through the circumstances that is around you, you know, that is molding you, it is going to shape you. When I say be here for yesterday be here around come i told you all of you even before that we are going to come so you be here you just after whatever you do come come and sleep over it might not mean it might not make sense to you but it's not whether it makes sense to you or not god is watching whether you your character is changing whether you are now becoming somebody that listens to instructions Somebody that you know, is not too wise in their own eyes. Servanthood is part of it. It's one of the steps which we are going to come to. And you don't need to necessarily have your, your... doesn't necessarily have to make sense to you. What it is is that you are being... God is watching your heart, your attitude towards instructions. If you want to be a prophet, then God says, go here. And you don't have that heart that always listens and do, you, know, you do as you are told. 
God can use you can never become a prophet. You can't. So the circumstances that you are facing through here, the little little instructions, and then you are overlooking it, then you are going to do your own thing, and you are going to the same way. You can't if God should appoint, God should fill you now with an anointing to now become a pastor or evangelist or whatever. You do the same things. You do the same things. You you are just you have to be forced. You have to, it's like, you know, somebody's forcing you. Nobody's forcing you here. It is you that you are, you need to see that it is an, a test. You, if you come be transformed, you know, after being in the mission house and being among the mission house workers, you are not transformed. You don't have, God is giving you an opportunity for you to become a, a, specific, a specific vessel that he can and use and say, now, this one I'll, I'll fill with the prophet. This one I'll fill with this. This one I'll be a pastor. This one I'll, will become a ministry gift. And then God himself will now make you a ministry gift to the body of Christ. But you are failing at this little level. When God is trying to change the shape of the whiskey bottle into a nice Coca-Cola shape bottle, you say, no. When we say, don't cut your hair like this, style. don't dress like this, don't wear tight, tight, tight things. You say, oh, no, I won't change me. I'll still, I'll still wear it. I'll still, I'll still do it. I want to show my camel, fat camel toe. Well, if you can't change, then God can use you. If you can't change, God can use you. So the principle of vessel change is important. It's very important. So this is the first step for you, guys. Are you changing or you are still the same? Is the vessel changing In a large house, there are many, many vessels. If a man will avail himself, so if you avail yourself as a Coca-Cola bottle, God will put Coca-Cola in it. If you still want to remain a sunlight so that everybody will be enjoying their Coconte from you, that one too. It's allowed, but you will give an account. Hmm? A vessel change. Nobody should you should you should you should be said and you see the thing is that as God is giving you a opportunity now, don't think that if you don't if you are not able to rise up to the challenge. There's also another side to it, like what happened to um, Gehazi. So, although he didn't allow himself to transform himself, to become an honest person, a person that speaks the truth, the person that's not covetous, was following a man of God, he didn't allow that, so he didn't change. And then what turned? It turned into a curse. It turned into a curse. So, as you have been given opportunity now, if you don't use it well, it, it can turn into something else, a leprosy, a spiritual leprosy. Yeah. And you see that you feel that that is when you find some people who are around a man of God or in a church or in a ministry, they are a worker. And what is happening? They are constantly fornicating every day. You talk, you talk to them, it's become like a curse on them. You can't stop it. Whereas some too, I've been around and I've actually changed. And now God finds them useful and a vessel that 
is in a particular specific way that he can use. So, it's there. If, if you desire a particular anointing, God will mold you into a type of vessel that can contain that anointing. Yeah. So that's what I said. If you want to be a great pastor, God may work on your education. He may work on your knowledge of administration, law, other things. And you must allow God to, to work on you. So some people are not educated, nor do they want to educate themselves by reading. Yet, they desire to be leaders of a large number of churches. And this is why I looked, I, I, I had some, some good saying that it will show me church growth in two years. And when, when idiots talk, it will show me church growth in two years. Well, we are still waiting. It's still past, it's past two years now. And we are still waiting to see. Because it's not that you're talking. You that you are talking, you don't like reading. You don't even think it is important. Yet you want to have a big mega church. My goodness. <laughs> look, if you look at people, even look at people like um, Bishop Obinim and all those people that you might think that they are not even from God or whatever. Put that aside. And what's the other one? Obofo. Put that, up, put that aside. When you listen to them, you can see that these guys are very intelligent and they are very knowledgeable and read. Or somebody is teaching them or somehow. They are, they are not, they are not, they haven't built what they have built without any knowledge. No, there's a huge, huge, you can tell that they are really intelligent. They might not have gone to formal school, but they have updated themselves. They've updated themselves. Yeah. So, they have built whatever they have built. It's a lot of things. You have to be very, very knowledgeable in a lot of things. And some of the things to, it will come, the experience will come over time. You learn over time. So it is only ignorance that will tell you that you are going to build, you are going to show church growth in two years. <laughs> it's, it's like a child talking. A five-year-old girl saying, I'm going to have 10 babies in, in two years. Five years. You haven't even started having a menstrual cycle and you want to have babies. So it's foolishness. So God will work on you. And you need to allow... That's why I'm, I, I've given you the basic principles. I encourage you to read. I tell you write things on what you have read. Some of you are not doing it. And you think that it is, you know, it's, uh, I'm being some way, but you don't know the reasons behind why I do some of this or why God leads me to do some of these things. So, so you are around me, but you are not learning anything. You are, you are just like a Gehazi around me. 
No, no, nothing. No, no, no anointing. Nothing is being imparted on you. You're just around. Just happy to eat and eat banku and watch and all those things. That's what you are interested in. What would, what would that do to you? If all I, I can give to you is food, you eat it, you shit it out. <laughs> in a few hours. But the anointing is going to be there. The anointing will be there forever and ever. It will make a way for you. So. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, so you have to you have to you have to be very we have to be very careful, you know? What, 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 what is going on? You are going to, I don't, you're going to be around. You're just going to be around. Nothing good will come out of you. Even the projects I told you to, I told you to work on. You are not doing it. You are not working on it. 10 o'clock, you are here sleeping. You are not serious. See, if you, if in life, if you want to always take the easy options, you, you will not amount to anything. You have to, if you have, this is how you should make decisions. Hmm? If you are going to make a decision and there are choices between this is an easier option, this is a difficult option, take the difficult option. And you, do, you find out that by doing the difficult things, you, you arrive at a better destination. Yeah. If, for instance, if you, if you take the courses in the university, somebody that is going to do seven years or so in university to learn medicine, and you a nurse, that is going to do just two years or three years, you practically learn the same sort of things. But the guy that is taking the difficult option and hard way, which is seven years, you three years old, so oh, three years I'll finish, I'll start working, I'll get money. Okay. In your fourth year, you are working. You're still in school, still a student. Studying, being a student, five years. You are working two years. Oh, by two years now you have bought some chancheling carby. Okay. Three years, four years. He's still a student. Take, he's taking the hard way. But let him finish. Then you see that. The cycle will just change. It will just turn around. You who took the easier options, you come and serve him. That's how it is in life. To, to want to take, you, are, you have an option to be fasting, to be praying, to be here. You want the easier option of going to do, go and sit up, upstairs there and, and, and be browsing on your, on your phone. You, you, you. And then once in a while, you just carry two pants and then you, when you hear me coming, you pretend as if you are working. You want, you want easier options. And the work can be done by one person. He's not doing it. One person can do it. It's normally one missing one laborer. That you want easier option to go and sit there and talk nonsense and and, and, and see, and, and you are around. You are around me. So if you are around me and you are not allowing the word of God to change into a specific kind of vessel, 
you'll be around me and you catch no anointing. You catch no anointing. And it's not because you haven't been taught. I've taken even what I'm doing with you, most pastors don't have time to to do any of these things with their people around. You yourself must be serious to find a way to catch the anointing. Most pastors, they won't teach you. They won't even tell you how they got anointed. They won't show you all these things I'm showing you. You have to stumble upon it by strong desire. They won't teach you. They won't, they won't, all these things, I'm, some pastors, they will, it's a mystery. The people around them don't know. It's a mystery. Because they want to be the only ones that are anointed and they're happy that way. But here you are, you are being taught, you are being fed, and you are, you, you know, that we are not seeing any results. Because you are refusing to change vessel so that God can use you. So you want to remain the same old vessel. Same old vessel. Because you want easy options. You don't want hard, hard way. See, as, as I told you, you should use this to make decisions for the rest of your life. If you have two options, take the hard one. You see that in the long run, it will work well. It will work well. Let me use even this building as an example. When we were building it, the people around me at that time as well, you know, uninformed people, I didn't know much about anything in Ghana. I should have taken the hard option of you know, building it so that our foundations can take story buildings. But I listened to advice and I took the easy option. Now, if you want to build it into a story, it's going to be twice difficult or even 10 times difficult and more, more, much, much more expensive. Much, much, much more expensive. So by taking the easier option now, we have locked, now after some time, we are locked ourselves. Because very soon, this place will be very, very full. What are we going to do again? What are we going to do again? We have to find another way of solving things. So if you are doing something, do it the hard difficult way. Yes. Then you, you, you reap the benefits. If, if you want to marry, stay away from sex from you and your, your beloved. Wait until marriage. It's the hard way. Not the easy way of hiding somewhere in the corner and going to squeeze the breasts as if it is, it is orange, orange, two oranges, you are squeezing the breasts. And you're going to kiss and do all sorts of nonsense. There was a guy here who was around me. One day, I didn't know that this was what was one day, the wife came to me and said, the wife was always fighting with a particular girl in the church. Always fighting. So one day, I called them and I said, why are you always fighting? And then he said, they will come and see me. He and the husband. Because it was like this, this. The wife is always fighting this particular girl. So I thought, the, I thought that the wife, the wife is naturally cross anyways. When I called them, 
Then the wife said that my husband is having an affair with this girl. I said, what are you talking about? How can your husband have an affair with this girl? He said, no. He said, 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 Papa, you you see, you don't know. The things that are on his message, his phones and other calling at certain times. I said, so I asked and I said, is it true? The guy said, it's not true. I said, okay. If it's not true, then me, I'll believe you because you're around me over what your wife is saying. But remember, it's like pregnancy, can't hide forever. The truth will come out. And somehow these people, they left the church. It was after they left that the truth came out. So somebody also in the church said, he has seen them going on, you know, he saw this man and this girl in town one time. And they were holding hands and they were acting like they were lovers in Accra. The married, the married man and this girl, they were holding hands and were acting as lovers. And I said to her, so you saw this, you never came to report it, you never, the stupidness that some of you church members do, you never reported, because I would have dealt with this guy very, very well. Because you can't be around me. Me, I'm not doing that thing. My wife is not here. But I'm not doing all sorts of things. Your wife is with you. And you're still going to use your position. They, 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 you know, they just, just, just around a man of God, but you're a Gehazi. Very fake. All pretense. Then they want to make the man of God rather look bad. So the lady said, she saw them. And she was very disturbed. And it was on a Friday when we, you know, um, was it, no, a Wednesday. A Wednesday when we were having Wednesday miracle service. The guy told me he can't come. With some excuse that I'm going to do some work, some contract work or something somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. So I wasn't expecting this person to come. That day he was in Accra. On a honeymoon with somebody else in the church. Yeah. Thinking that it would not become apparent. Everything else came out. And the girl said that if it hadn't been for one lady in the church that when she confided in the lady said spoke to her, she, she would have left the church because she didn't know she was new, she didn't know much about this. And now somebody that is standing here to be preaching and doing all sorts of things and being around me and doing all sorts of things is seeing them doing this and was very, very disturbed. Yeah. You see. So, in the end, it all came out. It all came out. And this, this, is, not their, this is not the first church they've done, he's done this thing in. To the point of having babies out of wedlock. Yeah. And there were some people that were around that new I didn't say anything. Foolishness. See, you, you, you cannot be around a man of God and behave like that. No wonder God has removed all these burdens 
around. And you see, that is how, that's, I believe that is what happened. You know the story I was talking about Bishop Salifu? It's the same thing. See, the, when the church starts like this, if you're around and you're not genuine, you will be removed. So 20 years from now, so everybody that is with us here, that will be, even five, 20 years is even too much, five years from now. Yeah. So you that you are here now, the opportunity is being given to you. Make yourself useful. Become an Elisha, not a Gehazi. Allow yourself to, to you know, a vessel change. Allow that change. You have to change your friendships. You have to change the people whom you are talking to. You have to change your behaviors. You know, the sleeping too much, the lack of reading, you know, your spare time. I have never seen any of you in your spare time sitting down reading a book. I've never seen it before. I've never seen it that in your spare time you are reading a book or you are reading your Bible. It's only here when you say you, are, you come here 9 to 10, 30 or whatever, you are pretending to be reading. You are not even reading. You are pretending to be reading. Yeah. So you are around, but the, the vessel is not changing. The vessel is still the same. And God can use that. And then as time goes on, then you will become a Gehazi. A full-blown Gehazi. Yeah. No wonder when we prayed for somebody and their eyes was opened, they were surprised. Because you can't you can't be fornicating and doing all sort of nonsense and expect God to still use you in a certain way. So when you see God using somebody powerfully, you are like, how is he able to do this? How is it's, not a, it's not a magic. It's, it's what I'm showing. Vessel change and being staying the same ship for years. Staying the same ship for years. All right, so we'll end our first session. Uh, come back in 30 minutes. So be on your feet. Let's pray.